Welcome and thank you. You could be anywhere listening to anything right now, but right now you're listening to this. Chad and Steve have a podcast. This, this podcast shares stories about the ups and downs of being a YouTuber or a creator or an artist or just a human who likes to make things and doesn't like to be labeled. We talk about the inner workings of running a YouTube channel, earning income while maintaining your creative integrity, navigating how to stay relevant and how to remain true to yourself without getting caught up in all of the nonsense and those crazy thumbnail faces. <laughs> you're here. Yeah, I just did one for people listening to the podcast. <laughs> My name is Chad Reynolds. I co-created a channel called Clean My Space and way back in 2010, started posting some of the first cleaning videos on YouTube. His name is Steve Ramsey. He started woodworking for mere mortals in 2008 when we were all in diapers. <laughs> he also went on to become, and arguably still is, the only woodworking channel on the platform to focus on actually teaching people the basics of woodworking while everybody else is pouring epoxy into cracks in wooden tables. <laughs> Trend's gonna die. <laughs> I feel it that moving forward, we should always have a brief intro to our podcast because as I listen to more podcasts and start to like become very familiar and comfortable with certain podcasts, I find myself hearing them do their intro each time and me actually not being like annoyed by it or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I understand how much of a precedent it sets for like someone just discovering you for the first time. Exactly. Yeah. And I realized that all this time, you know, we just kind of go straight into conversations. So okay. um, we'll, we'll get into it more because this is a special episode because we're talking about our New Year's resolution, but you don't like the word resolutions, do you, Steve? I've come to like the term intentions better because resolution sounds so resolute, like like you have to do this thing. And I like that this is more of an idea of kind of what I intend to do, how I intend to live, just kind of a roadmap for the year. And, and I actually wrote a, an article last January, if I could read this to you, because I just pulled this up this morning and I thought, you know, this is pretty relevant. So, and I'm not going to read the whole article. I'll just read the part that is relevant. So, based on my informal polling, very few people actually set any New Year's resolutions. Most experts will warn you not to set vague goals. In other words, I want to lose weight since those kinds of goals aren't measurable and we get discouraged when our expectations aren't met. If you're serious about setting specific goals, such as I want to lose 10 pounds in three months, you should begin on the day you resolve to do so and put a plan in place. There's no need to wait until January. But I think we're looking at New Year's resolutions all wrong. In fact, I'd like to encourage you to make vague and immeasurable resolutions. It's affirming to proclaim things we'd like to improve about ourselves and share those desires with others. Setting a resolution is an opportunity to assess our general intentions for self-improvement and share those feelings with others. The act of simply stating these things is healthy. Personally, I resolved to be a better listener this year and to ask people about themselves. I resolved to make yes my default response and I resolved to not worry about things I can't control. I resolved to project a positive, happy image to every stranger I meet and to initiate conversations. There's no tape measure for happiness, but that doesn't matter. Go ahead and think of traits you'd like to improve and keep them in your mind as you meander through the year. This is a personal affirmation. I love that. You say you wrote that last year. Yes, that was in January, 2023. How do you feel, uh, how successful were you? I think I was pretty back. successful in all of uh, those resolutions I set out to be. I, I do kind of wish now that I called them affirmations at the time, but these mm. were things that I kept with me throughout the year. And one of those was to to initiate more conversations with strangers. And because that, that can be a really intimidating thing for most people to do. But I'm not talking about like just totally going up to random strangers and just just blurting out stuff. But I'm saying if you order, uh, you know, a cup of coffee at a coffee shop 
instead of just saying, I'll take a cappuccino, here's the money, thank you, bye, ask the person, how is their day going? What's, what's interesting? What is your, you know, if you, if you want me to try one drink unusual, I want to try something different. What, what would, what would you want favorite? me to have? Yeah. These kinds of things, just to let that person know that you're seeing them as a, yeah. a, a fellow human. They're not just some person serving you. And so I've been trying to incorporate this more and more, and I've been really successful at it. And the one thing I've really discovered is that People like it when you come up oh. and talk to them and just ask them about themselves. And, and they're kind of waiting for somebody to initiate conversations. I think we all tend to sit around and, and wonder, oh, who's going to talk to us? We all want to be that. We tend to be that guy in the party who's in the corner holding his drink, kind of wondering, oh, I'm feeling awkward here. But I don't know. That would be my one bit of advice to anybody is just try it. Put yourself out there. And what an incredible way to do it by just like on a simple interaction with like the person at Starbucks, like you said, and just the, uh, one of the things that I find works is like, just find something to compliment. Be like, Hey, I really like your nail polish. You're like, wow, that's a cool tattoo. Yeah. Tom, like what, exactly. what's the story behind you find a people love to talk about themselves, but to your point, like, it's so wonderful to talk about yourself when someone shares that interest. And don't you always just love being around those people that just like genuinely make you feel like a special person? and they're listening and paying attention there's no agenda there's nothing Mm. you're just like i just want to be relatable as a human so you've put these together for last year Mm -hmm. do do you have some that rolled over do you have a list prepared for this year i do what what went on this year and when did you actually have it done well it's it's an ongoing thing i guess probably early december i started making kind of a list of intentions that I, i hope to pursue in 2024 and I, I guess we can did you come up with sort of a list or are you is there I did I did the same on? thing I got I got seven of them okay so we can just good. kind of you know go back and forth if back you want maybe forth. talk about them I probably won't list all of these some of them are really obscure I have things like work related things I want to do those are kind of boring um, I think the more interesting ones are the more kind of life goals, you know, like such as as talking to strangers and that sort of thing. But one of the things that's high on my list this year, and it was actually the the number one thing I put on my list was I want to make more art and less craft. Mm. And that doesn't mean that I want to stop like doing woodworking projects or anything, but I want to scale it to where I can actually start to do projects that I really feel passionate about that uh, are just for me. And I'm probably not going to make videos of those or I may make them for Instagram or something. That sort of seems logical. But uh, I, I really feel like this is something I need to do. It's like part of, it's in, it's like in my soul right now is I just <sighs> need to do this to kind of release this, this artistic energy um, rather than just building things, which I, I also love doing, but, but I just, I need to find a better balance here. Do you feel it won't be released if you somehow like taint it by trying to make content out of it or trying yes. to share it in a sense? Yes. I think that's kind of where I am too with like, just like the, what's the intention of what I'm creating? Am I creating something knowing this is going to be something that needs to be sold and hung on a wall? Or, and I guess what your first point was, was like, what's your definition of art versus craft because it kind of seems like craft seems like more of a hobby something you kind of do passively so therefore it wouldn't be taken as seriously wouldn't be considered a piece of art however a piece of art like almost sounds like it has a like a barometer set to it where it's like in order for it to be a piece of art it needs to like hit a certain amount of metrics have you thought about what that kind of looks like and unpacking what qualifies as a piece of art and i've i've you know this is something i think a lot of people have given a lot of consideration to what's the difference between an art and a craft and i've asked various people this and i think a general uh, consensus is that craft is something that kind of has a useful purpose um, Mm -hmm. and art maybe doesn't although there's a lot of gray area there and there's a lot of blending between the two but I, I like the idea of creating something that is completely, 100% something from my imagination that serves really no function other than to kind of release this vision that I have and, and, and just put it out there in the world. And when I have done this on my 
woodworking channel. I've done a few art projects on there. I just know that those are like the the least viewed videos. People are just not interested in that. And I understand it. I get it. They come to this channel, you know, my woodworking channel to learn woodworking. They want to build mm -hmm. furniture and this sort of thing. <laughs> uh, so that's one of the reasons I don't want to be putting time and effort into filming an art project that I know people aren't going to watch. And it, ultimately it's going to be kind of detrimental to my channel to have those low view counts. And, and not to mention just kind of the, the moral, uh, the morale that it kind of brings me down when I get those, you know, the, it'll make <laughs> it feel like the art is a failure, which is like, yeah. the, like the weird thing about social media where it like, it almost takes away from the event. If the picture of the event doesn't get as many likes it's, as it's like, the, you know what it is? It's the, it's the blockbuster movie syndrome. It's the Hollywood syndrome that we measure art based on how profitable success. it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent, are we saying it, resolution? We're just, you know what? I'm supposed to not like be like the word police with each other. We'll just be like, whatever. That's your first one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So I won't go in any particular order, even though like the first one was kind of like the biggest one and I felt the most important one. I'll, I'll save that one till, till the end. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a great reason to like, see, that's another thing, increasing what, uh, listen time on the podcast. Right. <laughs> so it's all full circle. Steve. Um, I'll start with uh, one that literally just got added on a few days ago when I first heard about it. Um, I kind of felt like I was doing this in the background, but now to fully subscribe to the let them theory, hmm. let them. And it's something that I heard on the Mel Robbins podcast, which is like a self-help podcast, which talks a lot about self-help stuff and whatnot. And I kind of heard this line of reasoning before where it's like, you should just not try to change people because it is a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a self-fulfilling problem. You would just make yourself upset trying to change the thoughts of others. So the whole thought is just let them, let them be them, let them do them, let them, um, you know, uh, the, it was, it was shared to me. The, the, the concept was shared to me in a story of uh, a prom, oh, sorry, it, uh, in the Mel Robbins podcast, she was, she was talking about uh, her kids were going to a prom and it was raining and they were all in their prom dresses and they all wanted to go to this little tiny taco restaurant, which clearly didn't have enough seating. So they it, like, it just would have been whatever. And then she started chiming in as a mom and being like, well, have you thought about go to another restaurant where it's, it's raining outside? Someone pulled her aside. It's just like, hey, this is their prom. Let them do their prom. And then she was like, okay, yeah, that's good advice. And then as she further unpacked it, she realized that what she was probably doing, A, she couldn't have controlled it. Like she was trying to make it be where she was, you know, controlling what other people were going to do as opposed to just letting them do what they wanted to do. And the larger point being like that could have been the highlight of the entire prom was all of them huddled outside getting poured on and having these great tacos from this small restaurant. And it just allows you to like let go of any any time you feel where it's like i gotta convince this person to think this way or i have to stop this person from thinking this way mm -hmm. or i have to go out of my way to make that's the whole thought that just whenever you can interject a let them and as she also shared it's not like when uh, this person is drunk and they have car keys like that's not when you call into like let them do whatever they're going to do but like as she pointed out 99 times out of 100 the let, let whatever is going to serve you well because you cannot change what other people are doing and you are going to just drag yourself over the coals and i personally and the reason why it's on my list is i've dragged myself over the coals trying so hard to change to make things work by trying my best to change the thoughts of others as opposed to letting them and then me just finding my place in every situation and just being in control of how I can, you know, uh, how I conduct myself. Wow. There, I think there's a lot of value to that because uh, especially in the, today's climate, it seems like anytime we're interacting with somebody uh, about anything meaningful, it does seem to be like we're trying to control the situation make them uh, kind of come to our way of thinking right. on anything, which is, I think that all we could do is if those situations come up is talk about our own experiences, but you could do that in a way that isn't 
so kind of demanding of the other person, <laughs> you know? I mean, and in fact, I think that's probably, if, if we could just all listen to each other a little bit more of what that other person's point of view is on anything, uh, what their intentions are, we may learn from them. And we'll stop categorizing people. And yeah. when someone has one thing which sits outside of the comfort zone for us, oh, it's a fantastic person, but they're they're irresponsible or they're forgetful or they're whatever. Just let them. You driving right. at them and, and nattering at them all the time about how forgetful they are and telling them to whatever is that's in no way is that it, it like empowering the relationship in any way let them let them be mm. them it's also a uh it's it, it's more of a thought of just allowing people to be themselves because i've learned so much about myself by just getting good with myself that's starting to bridge on one of my other points yeah. so i'll digress and you can get to your next well one. i think that's important to just let people be because a lot of times we do tend to form an opinion about somebody based on one part of them like <laughs> like the, the person oh that person's you know flaky conservative or, or, or yeah whatever yeah whatever when Something. yeah when it you know there was a time when we could have still been friends neighbors with somebody like that who had and then they maybe share one opinion that you don't agree with and you'd be kind of like okay well there's that part of them i don't agree with but i'm still friends i'm still uh you know close with this person but it just seems like anymore we have to like have, have these strict boundaries where like oh my gosh this one thing a guy says i have totally disagree with therefore i have to disagree with his entire worldview or, or just all men in general are this way or just like right, whatever yeah. as opposed to like all of these you know yeah totally the other thing i, I wanted to add on mine was that this is kind of a funny one, and this just came up yesterday, and it was my my personal trainer mentioned this, and it was it's a very gym bro kind of comment, <laughs> and so I was yesterday was a leg day, and it was like really really hard. I mean, he was like really pushing me, and he just said, "I don't want you giving up after like you know I'm doing reps, you know leg presses or, or squats or whatever, holding heavy weights and." He's like, I want you to do 10. I want you to do 10. And you're like, if you get to eight, you can't do 10. You keep going. You're giving it maximum effort, maximum effort. And I, I after I did that, I'm like, I got to write this down. I like the concept of putting in maximum effort to everything I do. Because he's right. There is no point in doing an exercise if you're going to half-ass it. There was a, a great line. I don't know if you remember the speech from Breaking Bad with Walter White with no half measures, you know? <laughs> yes. And so I always kind of uh, was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, you know, that's, that's very wise of him, even though it is kind of a silly gem thing to say, you know, don't half-ass it and give it your full effort. But I think I can just extrapolate that and just try to keep that in, in my mind that if I'm going to take the time to do anything, whether it's a, a podcast or, or building a woodworking project or, or writing, whatever it is, I just want to put in my maximum effort. Ah, I really like that. I really, really like that. I mean, and, and like you said, it's, it's from all different parts of your life and the parts, specifically the parts of your life where you wouldn't initially kind of put that line of reasoning and yeah. that's when it becomes most powerful when you realize like if you put maximum effort into like learning how to sleep better or learning mm -hmm. how to like eat healthier or learning mm -hmm. how to like like in every single area of your life if, if i were to just put like a really dedicated effort because i appreciate that this is a good thing for me or into a piece of art or whatever it is you, you can't fail yeah and maybe that because I do feel like I, I just kind of half-ass a lot of things, and that that bothers me a lot when I, I, I um, I'm make interested excuses. in something, and the, yeah, exactly, and I'll I'll just kind of make excuses like, well, I didn't get that done, but then again, it was a rainy day. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, on that day, I had this other thing which I claimed was my, and and that maybe gets in touch with like what's truly important. And then once you identify what's truly important, maximum effort in the truly important thing, mm -hmm. and everything else can wait. Uh, my next one is um, is a whole bunch of things, but it's under just the heading of stopping feeling inadequate. Mm. Uh, and this is one about forgiveness. This is one about not feeling enough. 
This one is about letting go of past failures, past times that you didn't do something right, um, letting go of the regret of feeling like you started something so late, so you're so behind the eight ball or you're whatever, oh, forgiving one. yourself for the ability to like for knowing that you down talk yourself and like you're your own worst critic and the reason truly why none of this stuff has happened you know none of your real dreams and goals have happened is because you know like like literally like we just talked about oh i, I was too busy that day it was raining there was like that was the th the cab was late or you know the whatever there was something that was even out of your control which you use now as the excuse to to blame and, and not actually just be like, no, you know what? It's okay that that didn't work out. I'm going to try, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to give it another try. And I'm going to, so it, it, it's a whole bunch of different things, but it's, it's about being self-sufficient and understanding that the power of forgiveness, especially when you forgive yourself is probably the number one superpower on the face of the planet. Cause it just makes you feel this weird type of invincibility because you actually can't disappoint yourself because you you appreciate that you're trying <laughs> and you give your spells, you give yourself the space and the time to recover and rest and not consider that weak. And, and now's the best time to have these kind of thought processes because they are just so like much more common and people now do understand that it's not cool to film a video at the gym of the guy incorrectly doing exercises right. and then you making a video because now most people will be like hey what why are you filming this person at the gym just try like we are of the mind now like why are you filming this person dancing funky when they're just living their best life like we live that because we sooner or later we'll start feeling that way about ourselves so that's why i'm going to stop feeling inadequate this year and um just forgive myself and 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 move on when i'm recording a podcast standing at this desk I'm, I'm always like jotting down notes this is kind of ridiculous but i have all these pieces of paper and they've been stacked up oh you do the same thing yes yeah, <laughs> yeah, i've got thing. a pencil here i'm always jotting down <clears throat> either what a guest is talking about or, or thoughts that come to my mind or everything and as you were saying this i was looking through there and i'm like you know this is one that was i i wrote down here there's nothing wrong with you and I wrote that down because this was a very important thing to me at the time. The person I was talking to was like um, trying to tell me that I, I'm, I'm putting a lot of guilt on myself for any number of things. And that's kind of a, a wrong way of looking at it. It's a, very, it. it's a very negative way when I can look at myself and say, there's really nothing wrong with me for things I do. And right underneath that, I put, try not to punish yourself. And I think that was also a, a really important one for kind of letting go of any, any kind of guilt and just knowing that we're just all on this human experience and we're all just doing what we can and we never figure it out completely. But if we can take more time to just be in the moment and understand that this is the way we are now. There was, uh, this guy was watching on Instagram I'm blanking on his name. He kind of does philosophy videos, but he was talking about how he had a tattoo removed. And uh, people always like to say that, you know, you, you regret a certain tattoo that you, you might have gotten. He says, no, it's not a matter of regret. He's just like, when I got it, I love that tattoo. I no longer love it. We don't, you know, sell get rid of a car that we have because we regretted buying it. It's just, we don't want it anymore. And so it's, it's this kind of the same thing that we just need to think more about ourselves as we are at this point in time, who is the person that I am? And then just embrace that and not try to put too much emphasis on this person we once were, who is different than us or this person that we may be in the future. And like, not to be too like, overstate it but it is truly life-changing it is it is i heard i heard a quote i don't remember who to attribute it to but i do the same thing with the the book because i read my notes from page that i can write on because i can um better in the moment i think like you do like oh hey circle this and kind yeah. of like bring this over here i need to be, and then add a certain word but 
um, when I'm out and about and I don't have my notebook, sometimes I just pop things in my phone. So one of the things that I popped in my phone but didn't end up getting into my notebook was the quote, when you give someone the freedom to be who they are, you will see who they truly are. Hmm. And I realized that that's true. That came from a quote from, I think it was the same podcast that I was talking about earlier with the subscribing to the let them theory. And it was from that particular thing. And it was being presented in a way where it's like, um, instead of trying to force the person to believe a certain thing, just allow them to be the way that they are. And either they will come around to that line of reasoning or they will not. And that will always kind of be fine. And that's fine. But I took it one step further and I kind of like read it to myself. And I think that's where like the true growth happened. Cause it's like, if I allow myself the freedom to be who I want to be, I'll actually discover like, so it, it also falls in line with the stopping feeling inadequate and all the rest, but uh, understanding that like I'm allowing myself to have the freedom. So not only am I um, being less judgmental, I just I, there's there are no judgments because like it's it's just me and it's the honest and most raw form of me being me, and I can be really good with that. And mm-hmm. you're really good with the bad parts too because you're just right. like yeah, there there are some things that I'm working on, but. That's that's the wonderful complexity that is me. I think it's easy to get focused on negative thoughts, and that there's this whole you know cognitive therapy that that says that because I, I do this, I'll, I'll have a, a certain negative thought. I kind of obsess over. I may wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it, and then I just can't stop, and it just goes over and over in my head. And, and one of the things to to consider when you're when you're in this mode is is there evidence for this negative thought? Is there any physical, actual thing that uh, makes this sense to you that it should that you should be having these negative thoughts? And in a lot of cases, with me, it's not. It's just completely unfounded. I'm worried about oh, uh, you know, where's where's next week's video going to be? Or I'm worried about all the, these yeah. things. That's probably not a great example, but. That, that there's really no evidence to believe that certain actions that you take are just going to be negative. So if you can kind of understand that, well, if there's nothing really to support this, then I need to start changing the way I'm thinking to not be so obsessing over these negative things. And just think about where I am right now and what I'm enjoying about everything. Yeah. And it's not hiding those emotions. It's just, or sorry, hiding those feelings. It's just finding other feelings to bring to the forefront. You're not moving anything around. You're just not allowing this one to be, I mean, they're called intrusive thoughts for a reason. They are intrusive. They are designed to sit there and that's why you lie awake and all of the rest. And it's not about like, if I, if I don't think about it, I will move on. It's about finding the same value in other thoughts and understanding when to pull certain thoughts to the forefront and allowing other thoughts and kind of once that 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 those those freeway lanes kind of open up and you have more control over that and that's where i came from especially discovering the adhd thing and discovering like previously i had i had never thought about like that i was always wrapped up with an intrusive thought and pinning my failures on well it's because this thing which robs me of sleep which which takes over and like just doesn't stop talking in my head and you kind of don't realize that it's like well it's you but you also can't hear that when you're in a place where you can't also like forgive yourself or understand maybe why you're kind of doing these things yeah absolutely and one thing that has been helping me is that uh i do a lot of uh, kind of breathing exercises and meditation and this is a very practical thing that anybody listening to this can try is that uh, and actually, this was kind of there was there's been studies, scientific studies for people who are really into science. Check out ASAP Science. They had a video yeah. on this about some studies uh, about types of breathing and how the, the actual health benefits of it. And this may sound silly because there's a lot of people who are saying you're breathing all wrong. Everything you're doing, well, of course, it's just we're regular breathing. But to kind of center yourself and calm yourself and actually reduce your heart rate, your stress levels. There's this, I think it's called cyclic breathing or or something Mm -hmm. where you take in a very deep breath through your nose. And then at the end of that, you breathe in even a little bit more, 
you hold it and then you slowly release it through your mouth. And so it, briefly, it sounds like this. You're, you're, you're breathing in, big breath. And then at the end of that, you do that one extra little gasp and then slowly release that. And I don't know if that's sounding silly to people listening to this or even my, my example of that sounds pretty silly, but I'm telling you, it really helps. It really helps. And it helps it in the middle of the night. If I wake up and I'm having a hard time getting back to sleep, I just do that. And it really helps. It doesn't sound silly anymore because more and more and more people are realizing every single day. I mean, the Mel Robbins podcast that I'm talking about, it's like the fifth most listened to pop podcast in the world now. One of the most shared episodes of many podcasts because we now we're coming with those year-end kind of reports of the most shared this and the most yeah. whatever. The vast majority of podcasts are moving towards self-help topics, mm -hmm. teaching people in whatever space or niche that they so are in. Why do you think that is? Do you think that this is something going on culturally now? Is it just a, that the, the world is kind of fucked up right now and we just really need to focus on ourselves? Or what, what do you I think this I, is the true next stage too. of content. I think this is the true next stage of content. This is what content will become. That, or not content, like this will become a, a huge wave as influential as way, in my estimation, way more as, uh, like influential than a, a different format of content, like shorts or whatnot. This is people figuring out, because what I take from this is while, you know, in the clean my space sense, I now am driven to, for the next year, start packing some of this information into what we do. Like we, we now are uh, uh, at the forefront of cleaning actually becoming acknowledged as an incredibly mental health, like the mental health advantages of being in a clean space and da, da, da. So now there's so much new content that we can talk about based upon the self-help, how, like how cleaning impacts you and da, da, da. So like moving away from how to and whatnot and then like chasing views and like trying right. to figure out so now it just seems normal like well it's about the content helping people out and i've gotten so much from the content that i've digested and i feel like so much of a better person and now i want in my little space on kind of the, the internet same. to do the same and i almost kind of want to do the same in my art and my music right. and all of the other things that i do because i feel Ultimately, like that's why I wanted to paint in the first place or make music in the first place or make these videos in the first place was to, at first it was to bring a smile to people's face. Then it moved into like teaching them how to Practical. clean. Practical, yeah. Now it'd be wonderful to take that same platform and even a, a dozen people got a little bit more out of a cleaning channel than what they thought that they would get and like felt better about themselves or when they cleaned, they like, they understood the, the, the self help and self improvement and right. they got a dopamine hit that they didn't get before, but not just out of living in a clean space, but also knowing that like, there's all these other, and yeah. because I now have the, you know, the ability to share that, I think it, I, I this is a very long, you, you asked, me to uh, about like what do i think it is and it, and i guess that's it in in each space i don't think it's just going to be standalone self-help i think everybody in their own niche is just going to find we had rob kenny on just a yeah. few weeks ago um uh, uh he's a perfect example of of that anyhow i, I think I that that's a, a very good point is answer. being able to apply uh more purpose and reason to even practical things that we're doing. And I think cleaning and decluttering, these are good examples of something that while there is that surface level, sure, you, you don't want your house to look like a pigsty and you don't want it to stink. There is a very deeper level and meaning to keeping our places, our spaces decluttered and tidy and clean. And there's, there is a therapeutic value to that. This is kind of one of the core concepts of my entire philosophy of woodworking that I've been trying to stress for 15 years is that, yes, it's about making, you know, cool projects. You can make, you know, tables for your home or, or whatever, but it goes much deeper than that. And I, and I find that more and more people, the longer they pursue woodworking, the more they understand that it's really not so much about the project. It's about the process and it's about understanding who you are and how this ability to create something from nothing is, again, just therapeutic. And it can help you 
expand your life in just so many different ways. And at the end of the day, you end up with a cool piece of furniture or whatever. But that's a side thing. You understand the process. You understand right. that this is a hobby. You understand that this doesn't need to be something more than it is. You can understand that you just enjoy the smell of the glue or the, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the feel of the saw, like whatever it is. And you can be okay with that just being what it is as opposed to. And I don't know if it was just me that always like built this into everything, but um, like turning it into like, well, I'm going to learn how to do woodworking and then I get good at woodworking and I'm going to start a business, which uh, makes little widgets. And then I'm going to start an Instagram and show behind it. the scenes. Cause I want to make some money and I'll get some brand deals and like, yeah. And that's why during the intro of this, <laughs> during the intro of this particular podcast, um, I, I wrote, what I wrote about like um, figuring out how to like continue to do the thing that you love, but make money off of it and not have those two things kind of yeah. interfere. And this is exactly to get back to the art that I have in mind. There's like a, a particular art thing I just have has been kind of in my head that I just want to express. And uh, it's why I don't, I want to keep it like held closely to my vest yeah. so to speak and not have to put it out there in the world i mean obviously i will but i don't want to have to make a big production out of it because then that becomes sort of the thing rather than the art itself and that's why i don't want to shoot videos of it um, beyond probably like i said instagram i'll probably shoot some shorts just to kind of show because i do like those and i notice most of the artists i follow frankly are on instagram because and maybe this is why my art videos don't do very well is because maybe there's just not a lot to watch or to even enjoy watching somebody unless they're doing something really crazy with art. Usually just like a little 60 second shot of, oh, this is really cool. How this person is the process that they're doing to create the art is interesting. But the, the art itself needs to be the interesting part, not really the creation of it. I struggle with like how to be a successful artist like navigating the social media landscape and what you need to do for that and have that not distract from the art itself right and perhaps we should maybe reach out to some of the people that we do follow and, yeah. and hopefully like maybe get them on the podcast to be able to ask like what that is because um it feels like i have or we have a following on a platform like Instagram mm -hmm. based upon other things that we've accomplished, let's right. say we've accomplished in whatever. And there was a period of time where like everybody was like, Hey, go on every platform and just like me because that's what you do. But yeah. the hundred thousand people in all honesty that follow you on Instagram probably know you best from, from your YouTube channel. Yeah. But like, um, some of the, some of the su very successful artists, like they are only known by what their art is. So what their output is, everybody has that same challenge, but then they have to stand alone and like create interesting content and like all of the mm -hmm. rest. So it almost like doubles the, the, the like requirements, but at the same time, how does that not affect yeah. like, the actual art itself? I think that to me, I just want to shoot some moments of the process yeah. and have a 60 second reel or something that is not heavily edited. I don't want to, I, I want to put it out there for people who might be interested and who do kind of want to see the process and to just let them know this is some artwork I'm working on, but they don't have to invest a lot of time. And I don't want to invest a lot of time, which would distract me from doing what I want is, which is, is the artwork. And, and I, I really want to focus on that aspect of it alone and not be so distracted. And again, this is, this is also getting to like a kind of a bigger point of one of the things I, I need to do this year. And my intentions are to figure out better ways to schedule my time. Mm. I, I tend to have too many interests things that I want to do. And I end up just kind of bopping back and forth from one thing to another. I'll spend a few minutes writing. I'll spend a few minutes on this other thing. And I'm not really devoting enough time and attention to one thing at a time. I, I'm really, 
I'm really drawn to this idea of unitasking <laughs> rather than multitasking. Uh, but it, it just seems like multitasking seems to be kind of the the way most of us are. We just want to just keep doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I, I really would like to just be able to focus more on one thing at a time. And that's really going to come down to, I guess, a schedule. But even that, even that, it's just you have to stick to it. You have to try to... There's so many um, expectations then. Then I'm putting expectations on myself. And, and so it's, I don't know if I have answers for all of this, but that is one of the things I want to do is just try to um, be more, once again, intentional about everything I'm doing. So that one I added on. I had seven before. Now I have eight because I put number eight, schedule my time. Yeah. I, uh, I downloaded a scheduler. I'm, I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks trying to learn how to use, I don't know, whatever, or investigate research some programs or something to help with that because I do think that there's some kind of system which is needed. But Do you think I it's get... better to schedule on a weekly basis or a daily basis i've heard it's weekly yeah, literally the the I've one that too. i'm currently kind of investigating is a weekly calendar and it's to be done on the thursday or the friday before so you go into the weekend where you do not worry about what your next you already know the thursday before what your next week's going to be and you just rinse and repeat. so you might so do, the, do something like tuesday is my day i'm going to block out for just art. I am not going yeah. to pick up a camera and shoot any video. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything related to my day job. This is the one day I'm going to do this thing. I hope my coworkers aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is that's it. And that's what actually goes back to the stop feeling inadequate or stop like stop making it seem like a day that I dedicate to art is not important. That it's and not valuable, a, right? Not worrying what other people think. Oh, you're doing art as opposed to, you know, times are lean. We need to produce more content. Like we need yeah, there, to- Yeah, there's like a general kind of, there's like this, uh, and I still kind of think this way myself, is that doing art is just like, oh, that's just such a flaky thing to do. You're, you're really cutting into time. You're wasting time. Because you get an ampersand right after it and then crafts. Arts and crafts. Oh, it's arts and crafts hour, is it? Oh, we're all going down to the community center and cutting gonna, some swatches. We're gonna make some get, macaroni art. But, but yeah, and then like so, but you have. Uh, I mean, we were talking earlier about artists on Instagram who like you know, they're doing it. They on their schedule, it's like I paint. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, so people are doing it. I'm apparently allowed to do it. I'm allowed to forgive myself for like wanting to do it as well. I'm going to share my number one right now because it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's apt because right now this is the one um, that we're kind of talking about, which is the number one goal for this year is to make my dreams come true. That sounds so insane. I know <laughs> because it sounds like I'm four, <laughs> but that's actually what I channeled. I channeled the child who, when they have dreams, they have dreams and they don't make excuses as to why they are not going to get to that point. Are you comfortable I, sharing any of those dreams? Yes, I, I am. And quite like you just said, uh, it's like so overwhelming to like speak it into existence. I feel safe doing it on this podcast because it's this podcast and I treat this podcast more as like a personal space than I yeah. think about perhaps the people who listen to this. So I've always, okay, so... I quite like probably most people raised in my generation have always like been under the confines of the limitations of someone needing to dedicate their entire lives to one particular discipline. If you're going to be Tom Hanks, you're going to be Tom Hanks. Right. You're going to be a great actor. You're going to win a whole bunch of awards, hopefully, and then you're going to retire one day and people are going to be like, Tom Hanks was a great actor. <laughs> That's the bio <laughs> right there. Yeah. Um, someone very early on was incredibly impactful in my life. Um, I've never met them. Um, but what they did years ago, uh, it now just kind of seems commonplace. But the person is Eddie Murphy, who is an actor, a stand-up comedian, mm -hmm. a writer, director, producer, um, a singer. Back in the 80s, he literally had a number one song called My Girl Wants to Party All the Time, which literally a whole bunch of other kids, if you're listening. <laughs> no kids listening. I guarantee you... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Megan the Stallion and yeah. Cardi B and whatever have sampled Eddie Murphy's 
my girl wants to party all the time song from the, the 1980s. And he did this at the peak of him being the most raunchy comedian on the face of the planet. He owned SNL. Like he was oh, yeah. such a unique, like that was sketch comedy. He could do stand-up comedy. Went into films He then. could swear. He dressed in ways that no one had ever, like he was Michael Jackson as far as cutting edge with his fashion and shininess and the amount of pleather and zippers that he attached to him. But I had always grown up watching someone like Eddie Murphy or even Will Smith is another great character, like another great example of a person who like did multiple things and didn't have to be like, oh, it'll suffer my acting career if I make a song. And I always remember that I wanted to be an actor, a stand-up comedian, a musician, a writer, a director, a producer, an entrepreneur, an adventurer, a raconteur, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to be all of these things. Wanted to spend time, part of my life, going and being an adventurer and go see the yeah. world and do different things and have that not interfere with this stupid hustle mindset of like, well, if you want to be a successful actor, you have to dedicate your whole life to it. And now, more than like ever before, we have a person who can go from, and I did, I did, I did some research to find out actual numbers. So these aren't just off the top of my head. Someone who went from 1.2 billion views on YouTube being Filthy Frank to 20, or sorry, 12 billion streams on Spotify and being the number 242nd most popular artist, musician on the face of the planet as Joji. This is George Jung, who's mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about at whatever. And perhaps even a better example would be like someone like Jake Paul, who went from like Disney to Vine to YouTube. And now whether you want to like call into question his skill is a legitimate boxer, gets paid millions of dollars yeah. for a, or his brother who literally WWE. did that same thing. He's in the WWE and his line of sports drink, put that in 150 quotations, his caffeine drink is going to make $1.2 billion in sales this year. And it's year. gross. And it's gross. And it's full <laughs> of sugar and caffeine and all, a whole bunch of other stuff. But uh, we're not here to hate. No. I'm here to actually applaud someone who I goes agree. from the controversies that he went through to having one of the most successful podcasts. It still has one of the most successful YouTube channels. And has literally just ingrained himself into the new celebrity culture of I can be an actor who also uh, Danny uh, 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 Donald Glover da 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 people who can just this is my rap persona this is my this is my acting persona I can be Ice Cube and and rap in NWA and then within twenty years be in a kids movie called uh, I don't remember what Are We There Yet mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that. But like that never happened when I was young and I was building up my dreams. So to wrap it all the way back to the make my dreams come true, I'm going to spend this year making music and making art and still making some videos on YouTube for the Clean My Space channel. I also plan on firing up that extra spare channel and doing some personal videos, which I actually just really feel like I want to do for a whole bunch of other purposes outside of views and 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 whatnot, Qu quite to your point about like wanting to do art for a certain reason. And I don't want to have to apologize to anybody for it. And I don't want to have to even wrestle with my own thoughts of, I don't have enough energy. I won't have enough focus because I will. And I'll be able to make music and I'll be able to right. We shouldn't videos, punish ourselves. And I shouldn't feel bad about if I don't mm -hmm. hit a certain silly metric or analytic that someone else is going to put on this. Because I'm not going to allow those to be the um, completion or the the like me checking this point off. That only gets put, checked off when I write ten songs, not when ten songs make 150,000 streams on Spotify, mm -hmm. or even if they're listened to zero times. My thought is to make music that would make me a musician more than necessarily making music that's going to sell. Point, right. So I'm thinking more about that concept and just so it falls in line with like being, you know, forgiving myself, yeah. feeling like I'm adequate enough, and then just knowing if I put my mind to it, 
I'll go into it. And maybe along the way, I'll also become a good enough golfer that I'll be able to play in a professional tournament. But I like <laughs> right, that I can just throw things throw like that there. around yeah. and not have to worry about what other people And we live in, in such point. a great time where you can pursue a lot of these things without a lot of uh, barriers of entry. And I, I see the same thing with people making films on YouTube, making their, you can make art without having uh, extensive training or background or education or equipment or money or any of that stuff. If you want to make art, make art. You don't, you don't have to approach it like you need that needs to be your entire identity and that this is the way you're going to earn a living and because then then we're just back to like i got to get a job kind of a thing yeah and you're trying of, to design mentality you're... and I, and i don't know what happens to to dreams because we all do have those when we're, we're younger but it, it, it's almost it's almost inevitable it seems like most people at some point in their life, they go, whatever happened to those things I wanted to do? Is it just life just beats us down? And it, at some point we have to realize maybe those are some important things that, that, that we should pursue. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to make movies and I made movies on Super 8 film. And I, I thought this is th the only way I can do this professionally is by getting into film school. So I sent my films to two schools out in California and I got rejected and that was it. That was the end of my filmmaking career because I was kind of like, I thought this, these were really good and they were sorry for you, you know? And so I think that that's, again, one of these things that is, is so much better today because you don't have the, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have permission to do what you want to do. And what's really crazy, the thing that's the craziest is like those dreams are still there. Like when you let go of all of the embarrassment of feeling, like don't we all want to feel like a six-year-old who can become a firefighter and an astronaut? <laughs> This I is do. why, and this is why I like. Making, I do. I make my Halloween videos because it's it's just for me, and I am able to kind of right. almost relive that that seventeen year old me who was really interested in making movies, and was excited about the process of that. And now I can just and you do can it. execute and you can execute it better than ever because you're older now and you're really good at what you do. <laughs> and that was that's the interesting thing about me wanting to go back to like start up like literally a brand new channel and just like try to like do something completely mm -hmm. different because it harkens back to what uh, here's something really funny in full circle it harkens back to what we were doing back in 2007 2010 and all of the rest when we were like this wasn't supposed to be 10 years of no. like this is what our lifestyle is going to be it was yeah hey look there's this, there's this thing and we're doing yeah. this thing and it's fun to do this thing and i don't think this is subtractive either i think that uh it's easy to think, well, all these things I want to do means that I am no longer interested in my regular work. Right. And that's not the case at all. I still love my YouTube channel. I still love making woodworking projects and making videos and teaching people how to do all of that. So this isn't like I have to cut back on that. Although, I mean, realistically, I probably will a little bit, but I, I guess I but don't- it serves have, you better. I don't have to cut back on my enjoyment or interest of that. It's like I have the capability in my head for both things to exist. I can right. do the passion projects and my real work and still find value and personal in enjoyment in all of that. There's not a, there's not a limit to the, like my personal satisfaction. I think like, well, like I, once I reach this point, I'm doing all these things I want. That means I can't find that satisfaction in the other thing, you know? And you, and you realize that every single person listening right now, every single guest that we had on the podcast, every single person that you've run into, no matter how high up and down the chain they currently are, you realize no matter how high up the ladder you, 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 you climb, you still meet and, and face the same insecurities and all of the rest. It's the, the person with a yep. hundred billion subscribers, but they lie awake at night feeling like an imposter. This like is a, a common theme. We've heard it again and again over three, four years on this podcast. It's everybody 
has the exact same fears and insecurities yep. and having and, that fear of having 2 million subscribers on your channel and releasing a video and getting 5,000 views and then yep. doing it again and again, and then releasing a video that you're like, oh, this is the one that's going to change it because it's a 35 minute document. And then that flops too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, that's okay. Like yeah. you, you got to start tuning that like those dreams are still there. Like you got away from them for a while, but like they are still there from like when you were six years old and you're like, hey, I'm going to be a musician and a stand-up comedian and a whatever. They are still there. We all go away from them for a little while, but you come back to that safe place. And usually it's when you are a kid. Those are those wonderful memories that forge our entire kind of perspectives in life. And like those things that make you feel good are the things that you're tapping into but you're not tapping into it because like oh the result is i will make something that will get this the success comes in from me just being good enough to be like this is what i did yeah i didn't make fifty thousand. i can't make a living off of this but do you know what i like i like doing this yeah i make a living off of this and i've also figured out how to do a life where i can find that balance and here's the fucking kicker of it all i do way better at my job when i have things that take me away from my job and i do way better at the things that i do on the side when i only do my job a little bit at a time and i had a way bad habit of doing my job all the time and pushing away all the other things that i wanted to do because it got in the way of hustle and it got in the way of producing more i could get another video edited if i stay up for an extra three hours as opposed to going to sleep or like not worrying about what that is because now i'm not doing it for the creative fulfillment now this really is feeling like a job so if i have a creative outlet somewhere else i don't need that to necessarily be the it puts my job in perspective yeah yeah, we we can't, we we got to stop measuring ourselves. Everybody needs to stop measuring themselves with the yardstick of money and followers and and social value that way because that's so empty. And, and like all the people that are worrying about it aren't actually even getting those things anyways, which is funny. Right. Like it's like this, like it's Never it's enough. like banking your retirement on the hope that you're gonna win the lottery. And yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yes, if I win exactly. a just that, I remember that mindset with people where it's like, yeah, I'll be rich one day if I ever win the, le-. it's like, don't you think that's like the most damaging mindset in the world? Like you're not even saying you have the ability. People are hoping for the, the viral video the same way. You're telling me that you don't have the ability to find something that you enjoy doing that you could make money off of and live a content life. However much money that looks like for me. I mean. Yeah, that's that's what we're getting down to, isn't it? Like you tell yourself all of this. You can be or not be whatever you want to be. Like, because I'm sure a lot of people told Filthy Frank that he was never going to be a singer when he shut the channel down at five million subscribers. Yeah. At the, that's what makes his story so special. Like he, it's at eight. Well, he's almost at eight million subscribers. Like he, his, that channel has continued to grow and he hasn't uploaded anything in like nine years now or something <laughs> like that. Because he literally just focused and he's right. completely changed his name. He doesn't any association with it whatsoever and he's managed to like master both places because he really does come across as a dude who doesn't doesn't really much listen to what other people tell him to do yeah yeah you have any other closing thoughts you know what i i want to share this one because maybe it's on yours i think it is meeting new people and 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 spending more time with the people who are in my life that make me happy right now yeah and like how we kind of said it before, like that can change over time. Like mm-hmm. you can have people in your life for certain periods, but then when you find yourself moving into a new space, you almost kind of surround yourself with other, not replacing people, but like you bring other people kind of into your space. And I just want to do, I, I want to spend the whole next year, like incubating and nurturing those, those relationships and uh, like literally trying to reach out and connect with people who have new interests outside of my interests altogether. It's a good one. I agree. I think that all of most of my relationships are just online relationships. And so it would be <laughs> nice to actually get to know people. I, I, I found a friend who was into ma- introduced me to magic, the gathering, the card game. Oh, and then I went to a thing and I went to a, a store, a, a game store yeah. where they had just 
a whole bunch of tables. There oh, was yeah. just dozens of people in there living their best lives, <laughs> eating Pringles and playing games and laughing. And there was everybody's doing things and opening up packs and whatnot. And I realized that it's like, here's me living my life and whatever. And like just outside, just outside of my interest range is this whole yeah. other community of people who are like whatever. And uh, so, yeah, just being open to that, I think is going to be, is 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 probably going to round out my my resolutions. What about you? Oh, that's those are the most of what I've got. I think that I just want to uh, mostly. I want to be more personal. I want to talk, ask people about themselves. I want to talk less about myself, especially when I'm just meeting people. I, I think I I think we all tend to just want to talk about ourselves. But I think I just I probably did a little bit too much. Should we uh, should we make a resolution to become better podcasters? Yeah, I think we. I think we I, should. I wrote a couple of things down: uh, formal intros and outros. That's which good. Will help new yeah. listeners know who we are and what we are talking about. Yeah, um, listening more and yeah. not asking the questions where you ask the questions and then in the question you you like answer the question for the person or give them all the different options of answers yeah, that you yeah. yeah yeah so just simple things like that and then it also improve the ratings and i wanted yeah. to leave this to the very very end because um anybody who's listening at this point thank you so much for listening an hour into this podcast and to listening to all of these podcasts from uh me and steve we we appreciate it so much and um we, there's a rating system and you get four four or five stars or whatever and we're at 4.1 stars so thank you to the 27 or so people that uh, so far <laughs> hit the rating button yeah do and that. if you want to help us get to our goal of 4.7 that's the arbitrary goal that i just <laughs> set for us steve 4.7 before the end of 2024 you can help us yeah hit by that going five star rating thing and click the five-star rating uh, beside our names and subscribe or join or follow uh, so you can get yeah. new podcasts. And just remember, because- this, is a, a, this is a passion project for both of us. And this is one of those pursuits that doesn't make us a dime, probably costs us more money than anything because of all the time and effort we have to put into it. But we do it because we just absolutely love doing it. And here we are. And it's constantly evolving. This show really is constantly changing. And it's one of the things I like about it. And uh, we hope you like that too. So thanks for coming along. And here's to an amazing 2024. Let's do it. <laughs>